Are you a hiker, a walker, or a Sunday stroller? Whatever way you choose to ambulate, our contributing editor, Mary Curlin, has great gear recommendations for you. Mary is a member of 52 Hikes and is discovering that at a certain age, more than just a good attitude is required to safely go for a walk in the woods. Hiking Gear with Mary Curlin on today's show. Hello, my name is Janine Pettit and I'm a girl camper. I go places and do things with other adventurous and curious women. We camp like girls in tents, vans, travel trailers, motorhomes, and even cars. We travel solo and in groups to girl camping gatherings, large and small, to bucket list destinations with friends, or on our own to wherever the wind blows us. On this show, we'll talk about the qualities of a girl camper and how you can be a girl camper too. The girl campers are having a party and you're invited. Stay tuned while we share what's happening on the back roads of America the Beautiful. The Girl Camper Podcast is brought to you by our consortium of girl camper friendly RV dealerships. General RV with 13 locations in the U.S., Setzer's World of Camping in Huntington, West Virginia, and Bankston Motorhomes with three locations in Alabama and two in Tennessee. Also providing support and sponsorship for Girl Camper is Campco Manufacturing, makers of over 4,000 products for your RV, boat, and tailgating needs. And GoRVing.com, home base for everything you need to get started RVing. And of course, our friends at Liberty Outdoors, makers of the Max and Mini RVs. Welcome, I'm Janine Pettit, Girl Camping Ambassador, Blogger, Adventurist, and Podcaster, and this is Episode 212 of Girl Camper, the podcast. My guest today is Northern California resident, Mary Curlin. Mary is an avid hiker, walker, photographer, research addict, and dedicated gear junkie. I always love Mary's gear recommendations because I know the time she puts into investigating all aspects of a single piece of gear. She's on today's show to talk about her girl camper story, her commitment to 52 hikes, and the latest gear for the hiker. Stay tuned. Before we head into our featured topic, I have messages from our sponsors to share. GoRV wants you to know that having an RV allows you to bring it all. RVing lets you bring all the things as well as your family members and friends on your next great vacation. Whether it's bikes and kayaks, your kitchen and cooking essentials, a four-legged friend or two, or maybe a few crafts or projects you've put off for a little too long, your RV can take it all. To learn more about how you can make the most out of RV travels, Visit the Scenic Route blog at GoRVing.com. Find your way. Let's go RVing. Our friends at Campco's research and development site are at it again. They've added another great premium cutting board to their Life is Better at the Campsite lineup. 
I love my vintage camper styled one, but now they have a retro classy shaped motorhome, an absolute must have accessory for the motorhome owner. This is the same antibacterial properties. It resists moisture. It has a juice groove built into it. Bamboo doesn't damage or dull your knives. This is 17 inches by nine and a half inches. It's a great way to display your charcuterie if you're having friends over at the campsite. It's sold everywhere. Camco products are sold for anywhere between $20 to $22, depending on where you buy your Camco products. Camco, they make things. Welcome back, everyone. It is my pleasure today to welcome my friend, girl camper correspondent and gear guide aficionado, Mary Curlin, to the show. Mary and I met several years ago on a camping trip in California. We instantly bonded over our love for gear and a good hike. Mary loves 52 hikes. I love 99 walks, but we're both staving off stiff joints by getting out there and using it so we don't lose it. So, Mary, welcome to the show. Hi, Hi Dan. I'm happy, happy to, to be, be here. here. How is it in California out there? <laughs> Oh, it's beautiful, it's beautiful and sunny, although we're a little cooped up, but it's a lovely day. Okay, so you're in kind of central or northern California? I'm in northern California, part-time in Napa, and part of the time in Sacramento. Okay, so I, like the rest of us, you're going a little stir-crazy, not being able to get out there and go camping, but I assume you're getting your walks in. I am. Um, I actually do. I, I, I call it more hiking than walking, and it's part of a psychological game for me. Uh, for me, if I walk, it means I can go around the block. But if I hike, then I force myself to go someplace that's pretty. And I take my camera, and I take the dog, and I go someplace that has a little more natural feel than my neighborhood. Yeah, I, I, I love that, too. I I always want to start at the beginning, and I, I can't believe you've never been on the show before because you have been a podcast listener for years. <laughs> I have. In fact, I think I met you because of the trip that you announced on the podcast, and I remember listening to the podcast about the Wild West trip and <clears throat> rushing to sign up, and then we had um, probably 15 or so of us, Yeah, and I, I think it was almost three years ago now that we met when you came out to California. To the in-town campground, and, and you have taken over hosting that trip every year, and it's been great. It's, it's been, been wonderful. wonderful. You, you kicked, kicked it off, and we did a great job of bringing in some, actually several campers who were new to camping. And I remember finding out partway through the trip that a few of them had literally husbands stashed in the trailers that we hadn't met because they weren't driving yet. And between you and I, we've gotten several of those women to start towing themselves or driving um, their Class C and coming out on their own to new adventures. And that's that's our goal, to help women um, get started RVing or camping or just get out there if you want to get out there. I, I always love to start at the beginning. So I want to know about you. Where did you grow up, Mary? And were you in a camping family? Because you have a great love for the outdoors now. Was that planted by your parents or was that something that came to you later in life? 
Oh, it was planted by my parents who, uh, they grew up in the Midwest and we moved to California when I was about nine and wound up in the spectacularly beautiful location, uh, just north of San Francisco in Marin County, which at the time was pretty rural still. And my family didn't have a lot of money. And so we would go to the beach on the weekends or go to Mount Tam, which is a 3000 foot mountain that's local. And we didn't hike. My parents didn't want to hike. And my father said he didn't camp anymore he did his time in the military Um, (laughs) but we got outside a lot and then by the time I was in high school my mom worked for the YMCA and she got trips for half off and so I wound up beginning my backpacking and hiking career then and obviously growing up in Northern California you have the beach you have the Sierras you can you know go further north and get into even bigger mountain ranges Uh, there was just so much to do that I spent a lot of my time outdoors and then kind of backed off it probably as I was in my 20s and 30s and working a lot more and then when I had my own kids um, we were living in the Midwest and we had decided that we were going to keep this place in Napa and we wound up buying a trailer and uh, driving back and forth across the country five times and I loved it and when we came back to California the last time my husband about a year after we'd been back here he said you know we really should get rid of that trailer and I was aghast (laughs) and so I decided that I was going to start driving it myself and I took the kids and we went up the Oregon coast the first year and the second year um, I took them and we, we spent six weeks on the road the kids were five and nine and I think I had as much fun planning that trip as I did taking it but we drove all over uh, Oregon all over up through the um, the Olympic Peninsula in Washington which is just spectacular country and I, I joke that for the first two years I, I drove I could only drive forwards <laughs> I literally did not know how to back up and I remember being terrified every time I got behind the wheel but somehow the trailer just followed along behind us and we made it and after since then I took the kids for I think we calculated for 11 years we spent big chunks of summer up there Oh my you know, gosh. Camping. That, that yeah, now that they're so a little beautiful. bit older I can camp more on my own and I started doing more girl camping how did you find out about girl camping you were already a girl camper if you're going solo with your kids and towing a big camper how big was that camper Oh, the family camper um, is 27 feet. Yeah. Uh, and so I had been pulling that and doing, um, you know, doing a lot of driving. We did one trip across the country where we, we drove, and my husband actually flew back from Indiana, and I spent two weeks driving back with the kids. Um, and then I heard the podcast, and I honestly don't remember how I found the podcast. I must have just been looking for things about camping, and I stumbled onto it, and it was perfect. It was exactly what I wanted. I wanted the chance to get out with women who were interested in camping. Um, I wasn't interested in being um, part of something that was super organized. And I found the perfect outlet for that with Girl Camper, where, you know, sometimes we go to places like you and I did in Nevada City, which is a wonderful, terminal town. And then I have been known for taking trips that are more the keep it simple, silly, as you call Mm -hmm. it, uh, where we just basically pick a campground and I say this is where we're going and sometimes we have a potluck and sometimes we don't and we kayak and hike and some people bring bikes and 
and there's always a group that's crafting, which I have a lot of appreciation for, but have very little to contribute, which is don't have that skill set. But we've discovered a group of of girl campers and folks who were parts of. There's a lot of other organized groups in Northern California, and we've all sort of blended together. And you know, it's it's just it's a lot of fun. And the podcast was great because it gave me so much safety information. And even as somebody who had been telling for a long time, I learned a ton of stuff listening to the podcast. Oh, good. We're glad to hear that. Now, I have to ask you, when you're out there, because you live in the most beautiful part of the country, and I have one of those mag- magnetic maps where you put every state you've been to, and mm-hmm. I only have five states left, and it's entirely the Pacific Northwest. <laughs> <laughs> That's a huge hole to fill, and whenever you're ready, I am ready. I I, I can't wait, but everybody talks about just how spectacularly beautiful it is out there. When you are camping out there, what's your favorite thing to do when you're camping? Well, I love to hike, and I enjoy photography. Um, And it's been a sort of come full circle back to both of those things. You know, kids get involved, and you do different kinds of things when you camp. And now that my kids are older, um, I still bring my daughter and my 17-year-old with me a lot of times, and she likes to wander and do art. And I, we take, she doesn't hike, but she'll go on a walk, and so we go hiking, even though she calls it walking. And I take my camera, and she takes her sketch pad. And then when I'm hiking with the uh, women's groups, I do love to kayak. I'm a flatwater kayaker. I don't like rivers and mm-hmm. anything that's rough, but I enjoy kayaking, and then we get a lot of hiking in. Yeah. Now, I, you know, hiking to me, really, it's just walking. And we talk about this a lot, you know, what's the difference between walking and hiking? How would you say that? What's your answer to that? For me, hiking means that I'm intentionally going someplace that is attractive and it's a more natural setting. Uh, if I can, I like to get a little bit of elevation change just because I'm finding, um, and we'll, we can talk about this some, but I'm finding that flat concrete is about the worst thing for my knees. And so if I find a, t- a trail that has you know ground instead of concrete and ideally a little bit of elevation change, it seems to, to feel better, to work better for my knees and no more plantar fasciitis and then I just love being someplace that's beautiful right and I find that too like I I belong to the program 99 walks which isn't very encouraging for me to get out there and it's it's in my neighborhood but I get my two to two and a half miles in and I love that but somehow when I get to a campground I'm not walking I'm hiking because you know (laughs) it might be a rock scramble it's a path it's just like you said it's not concrete under your feet so you belong to a program called 52 hikes I would love to know what that's about it's actually very simple. Um, it's one of these ingenious things that is uh, it's free to join, and there's uh, no obligation when you join. You basically sign up, and it's a it's a self motivation to do 52 hikes in any 52 week period, and so you can start your year at any point. And for whatever reason, it got me out of the mindset of you know what we call walking and into the mindset of hiking. And because there's so much of that close 
close to me, you know, I can jump in the car and be 20 minutes from a place where I can get a hike instead of a walk. And it really encouraged me to get out and, you know, A, be outside, B, get the exercise. And then I found that when I called it something formal, I found friends who wanted to go for hikes. And so a lot of my girl camper friends and women that I've met camping are perfectly happy to get out and take a hike when we might not meet for a walk because we live a little ways away. And so I'm finding it's a great way to meet up with friends, do something nice, spend a half day or maybe three quarters of a day and check off that hike. Mm -hmm. Yeah, make it intentional. Yes, intentional. And and again, for me, it really is about that part of camping that I love, which is the natural setting and, you know, not not staying in my relatively suburban neighborhood, but really getting someplace with fewer people and beautiful vistas. And, you know, it's it's easy to do here. I just I don't do it. I sit home. But this has given me the great motivation to get out there. Well, you know, Mary, you have a background in academia, which I love. And from the moment I met you, I thought, this is a checklist spreadsheet kind of woman. <laughs> and, and you yes. always will send me little notes like, thanks a lot for that gear guide. I just spent $200. Well, exactly. I, you love gear as much as I do. And you just sent me, and it'll be, by the time people are listening to this podcast, um, this, your latest um, gear guide which is a hiking gear guide uh, for spring is going to be up on the Girl Camper website so I want to talk about this because when I read it when it came in I thought wow I love two things about it I I love how you find this stuff that I've never heard of and like compression (laughs) sleeves but then what I also liked is you're really talking about women of a certain age and your needs change your gear needs change as we change and get older so can we just talk about what's on your gear guide list Sure, absolutely. And you actually started with the compression sleeves. This was one of the things that uh, was the, was one of the most surprising finds for me. Um, I have a, some dear friends from high school, and one day they were joking about, you know, wow, we're not ready for compression socks yet. And probably three months later, somebody recommended them. Um, I had I got I actually started my 52 hike challenge. I started with a gusto. I was doing three or four hikes a week, and I just shot my shins and my knees. I mean, I really did a lot of damage um and so first i encourage people to start out this slowly don't don't run out and do it all at once and one of the solutions for the for the shin splints was what are called compression sleeves and it's um sort of the old style sock that we would see for people who especially people who have diabetes would use these socks to help their circulation in the lower part of their legs and so i I was really, I, I thought, you know, I'm not, I'm not ready for compression socks. <laughs> My dad wears those in the diabetes socks. Right. Right. So I, I started looking, and the compression sleeves are essentially like a footless knee sock. And so they go from just below your knee to just above your ankle. And I decided that I was only going to wear one because somehow that was, you know, medical. That was treating my shin splint. It was compression <laughs> sleeves. Um, and I, I literally took a hike in it up in the Sierras uh, last summer with one compression sleeve on. And I came back, and my legs were completely different. The one that had the compression sleeve on it didn't have any 
of that swelling that we get that now that we're a little bit older. You know, I go out, I'm super active, I, you know, I'll hike four or five miles um, up and down, lots of elevation, so you'd think there'd be a lot of circulation, but I would always have this little swelling around my socks. And I came back and the one leg with the compression sleeve was great, and the one without had all the usual swelling and puffiness. And I was sold. And so I dragged the other one out and I started wearing them for hiking and I was just sort of blown away. And then when I went to to do a little more research about them, I discovered, well, not only are you know people who have medical issues using them, hikers and walkers and literally professional athletes are starting to use them because they realize that that circulation, you know, your legs really take a beating and so getting some extra support in there is great. So, so I now sold on them, and they're, I, I wore them, actually, in the gear guide that I sent you, I talk about the fact that I took them on a college visit tour with my daughter, and I wore them on a plane, because you just sit, and that blood pools in your legs, and they were great, and then I wore them on long drives, or driving between colleges all over the Midwest, and then, uh, and then walking along campuses, and then one day it was pretty brisk, we went in February, and they were kind of warm, so they just served multiple functions okay what is your favorite brand i like the zensa z-e-n-s-a-h and i found a you know i found a great pattern that has a topography map on it so it looks like a hiking map and i thought well that's just perfect for me so that so that's the pair that i have found but as i've looked more you can find them in plain white plain gray plain black or you can find them with llamas or donuts or frogs or I think the only thing I haven't found is a camper maybe they'll listen to this and make one with a camper Um, but you can find them in any style now I just want to make sure we understand this so you put these on top of your bare skin you don't put on hiking pants and put these on top of the hiking pants they go on your bare skin you put your sock on and then your hiking pants on exactly okay exactly and you say in your gear guide they cost about $39 a pair. The your favorite brand is available at REI. They're available. You can get them straight from Zensa. I like I try to support REI. Um, and if you're a member there and you pay full price for something, then you get you know you get your 10 percent at the end of the year. So um, yeah, lots of places to find them. Okay, want to talk? The one thing, one thing I would suggest. One thing I would suggest is that you do try to um, get them fitted. Think about what your calf size is because they you want them snug but not so tight that they're you know causing too much compression. Okay, so you need to speak to a sales rep when you're buying them. Yes. Maybe not order those online first time around. Well, or measure. I think you can measure your calf and then look at the different sizing. Um, I have pretty slim legs, um, and I'm in the small medium. The medium large was a little bit big for me, but my legs are on the slimmer end. So I'm going to guess most women are probably um, in the you know medium to large if you have sort of normal size legs. Do they make large to extra large? They do. Yeah, Yeah. they do. Well, I always know when I buy riding boots that I always have to get the kind with the, for the people with the generous caps. (laughs) Yes. So I'd have to probably go up a notch. (laughs) 
Yes, yeah, yeah I, I think, think understanding bodies, bodies are very different. To, you know, when, when you get, get to the northern end of my body, it's a different issue, but the, the, the southern yeah, end is very slim. Okay, so, there we go. Yes. Okay, let's yes. move to this next thing that you're talking about on the gear list, and this is trekking poles. So I'm very interested to get your thoughts on trekking poles. Um, my son threw hiked the Appalachian Trail, and he wouldn't have a pole to say, like, that was just cumbersome. The older I get, I feel like I want one with me. Do you have one? Do you have two? Is it necessary? What's the whole scoop behind a trekking pole? Well, this, well, this is another one of those items, items that I confess I resisted, um, and I thought, I'm not old enough to need them. I can stand up. I don't need these. Uh, but the more I read about hiking, and again, going back to trying to deal with this knee instability that I had created, I kept seeing this recommendation for trekking poles. Um, a hiking staff is just the single pole, and I think that's more um, a little bit of balance, a little bit of stability, uh, but that wasn't going to work for me. The trekking poles are the two poles. And you've probably seen people, you know, you sort of walk along and you and you move them with every your arms stride and mm-hmm. every step that you take. Your your arms are in motion. And um, I decided I would go ahead and try them. I again went to REI. I, I especially like REI for times when you need recommendations, like getting hiking shoes fitted or trekking poles. And um, I looked at several pairs and I was pretty sure that I was going to return them because I couldn't imagine that they were going to really be that helpful. And I took them out several months ago on a hike and within 10 minutes I knew that they were perfect for me and I it was a combination of both feeling like I had a little bit of stability but it also seemed to change the way my stride uh, manifested it just I felt like I was using my body more efficiently and more completely almost the way you see race walkers when they walk really briskly and they use their arms Mm -hmm. I felt like I was moving along and using my arms to help propel my body forward and it took some of the stress off my knees I, I can't explain why on earth that's the case but it did and then we were going up and down and I found that they were actually very useful for a little bit of extra balance for just sort of propping myself up and I was afraid they'd get in the way they didn't get in the way at all they were terrific now I look at them and I think you know sometimes when you're hiking and it's a narrow path and you're going and someone's coming at you and sometimes you'll be on the edge of something that doesn't look that great you know I don't know I Mm kind of like having one in my hand I use I have a single one that's collapsible and telescoping um I just like having that for when I feel like I want that extra bit of just pushing myself up or keeping myself from falling over on a narrow path do you have any thoughts on whether or not you should buy these things telescoping or have it fitted to you well, you definitely want to get the right height, um, and I did discover that they make women's poles as well as unisex poles, and the difference really is in the maximum height that it will go to. The women's poles are a little bit shorter. I'm 5'8", and so I probably could have gone with the unisex, but I wound up with the women's pole. A hand grip is a little bit smaller, uh, and you can choose, as you indicated, the telescoping, which they sort of, you know, they telescope into themselves, or some are foldable. 
that they're really, really, really lightweight and small, and most designed for backpackers, which I didn't need. I didn't need something that that small or that lightweight and, frankly, that expensive. And it just somehow didn't feel as stable to me as the telescoping. I felt like I still had... I don't know, it was sturdy, and it was probably a psychological game. Um, and I didn't want the, the staff, the single height, because I didn't want to be lugging it around all the time. And my pills will collapse down so I can fit them in my hiking pack. Uh, they sit in the back of my car. They just don't take very much room. So they were a, a good choice to, to find those things. The other thing I did choose was um, I paid some attention to the hand grips. You have lots of choices, rubber, foam, cork. And I spent the money to get the cork hand grips, uh, and I'm really glad I did because I, I hate being hot and sweaty and having whatever I'm hanging on to be hot and sweaty, and the cork was, was quite comfortable. You know, I, I've noticed that on mine. It's kind of a, a soft, foamy, but it does get very sweaty. Oh, yes. Yes. Um, and the foam, I think, gets sweaty. And then, yeah, I just, the, the cork was a good choice for me. Now, they're not cheap. Um, I spent about $130 on these, but I think they were well worth it. You can spend more money and get um, a carbon fiber pole, but it's, you know, honestly, the weight, we're talking about ounces, it was not worth it to me to spend that much more money. Uh, so I'm, I was very happy with them, and I think getting them fitted, and then there's several videos about how to get your hands into them correctly. Um, you sort of come in from underneath, and then that way if you let go of the pole, it drops, but it doesn't get in the way of your arm. You don't so trip over sort of, falls under your wrist instead of cluttering up your arm. Now, you, I don't think we said the name. You chose the Black Diamond Trail Ergo Cork, and they have those yes. at REI for $129. Yes. Tell us about and the rubber the, tips. Um, so the, the hiking... Pole, the trekking poles have a metal end that actually has a lot of grip to it, which I wouldn't have understood, but it's a, it's a, it's a metal end that works very well on a lot of surfaces. But sometimes you want to either protect the end of the tip, like if you were going to be using them on asphalt or something, you don't need to wear your tip down. So there's, they have little rubber tips that fit on the end of them, and they protect the poles. You can use them in different types of conditions. And then honestly, those ends are kind of sharp, and so... It also protects me from the poles when I'm just carrying them around. So you don't injure yourself accidentally. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> okay, I want to get them for cross-country skiing or for if you're going to be in snowy conditions, they make baskets. You yeah. know, they really come in. They're, they're multifunctional. You know, I, I have used them for hiking. People send them to me, and I bought a set for my son, and he never used them, so I threw them in my camper. And I I don't know. I feel like it gives me something to do when I'm walking, like just keeping my sticks, yeah. and, you know, on the right path. So I just like having them. I don't know why. But let's move on because this is a conversation you and I have, and you were at the Outdoor Retailer Show with me last year, the gear junkie that you are, and this whole thing of hydration and it's so important to stay hydrated when you're camping you're a big fan of the camelback you've made a couple of recommendations here tell us which ones you like tell everybody well, what a camelback is because there's going to be some people who never heard of it 
So I love hydration uh, when I'm out and about, and I've struggled over the years with trying to figure out how to have water near me and drink it. I'm just not that good about doing it, and as soon as I get outside, it's the last thing on my mind. And Camelback came out, I'm going to guess probably 20 or 25 years ago now, with with a simple streamlined, essentially it's a plastic bladder with a tube on it that comes over your shoulder, and they made it initially as a little slim backpack, um, but really all I had in it was a bladder for water and you could put a liter two liters of water in it and then the shoulders are like a regular backpack that comes over your arms and then there's this little tube that comes over and you just basically drink the water out of it. Um, mm-hmm. Over the years they've gotten much better at making tubes that don't leak at making mouthpieces that um, don't drip that there's locks on them now so you can you know have it closed because inevitably if you buy one of those you will make a mistake and put something on it and leak water all over and so now they've got much better systems and over the years they've made them more and more to what I would call a a traditional backpack and so now what I love about them is I can carry three liters of water that's a lot of water that's Mm -hmm. that's plenty of water for any hike that I'm going to tackle and I can still put in a first aid kit and a whistle and snacks and a down jacket and my trekking poles and a hat and my sunglasses and lotion It'll hold everything that I would have in a regular hiking backpack, but it also has this bladder in it that I can fill up with nothing like ice cold water out of, you know, the the water faucet in the mountains when it's just fabulous water. And you fill it up and it's heavy. And by the end of the day, that little nozzle is just sitting right there. And so it encourages me to drink a lot more. And I feel better because I've gotten a lot of hydration in me. And at the end of the day, my pack weighs less because I drank all that water. So it's a win on all levels. And I now have one that I keep in my car that's basically ready to go you know my fantasy is that I'm one of those people who's just going to pull over and take a hike and it hasn't really happened yet but I'm leaving it in my car just in case but it's always ready to go with everything that I need in it to take a hike honestly safely um, I do have a bunch of safety stuff in there tell us what the name of that pack is so Camelback makes several models, and I have uh, come to really appreciate the models that they make actually for bicyclists because they're really narrow, which is great for women. Um, we tend to be narrower in the back, and they're just not klutzy. And my, my favorite model is called a Lux, L-U-X-E, and they also make a model that's close to that and just a little bit bigger in terms of cargo capacity called a Mule. And both of those you can get online either directly from Camelback you can get them at REI or any other camping shop. I'm sure you can find them online. You know what? I re- I've i never used a Camelback. My son uses it all the time. But what I do like about it is with that um, shoulder strap, with the hose, the straw, the flexible straw, like just right there on your shoulder, you can grab that and put it between your teeth and, and suck up some water. Whereas when I'm... Um, hiking with a backpack and I have a water bottle and it's in the out like getting it out is a kind of a pill exactly and that's why and I'm not likely to do it exactly you pack the water and then you don't use it and then that defeats the purpose and unless you you stop you're like I'm gonna stop and have water but this way right you're just going along I'm thirsty I'll drink more 
Yeah, and I, I use it on a bicycle. Um, I confess, even even at my age, I scooter around a campground that we stay at that has pretty good surfaces, and I'll just throw it on, and you can drink water all the time. And so it does really help to keep you hydrated. The other thing that I like about these is they're because they're designed to really sit tight against your back. You know, that's the goal is to get the weight consolidated and then cinched up against your body so that it doesn't feel like it's flopping all over. Mm-hmm. Even though I have a fair amount of weight with three liters of water and whatever else I'm carrying, you flex this pack open with the straps, fill it all up, and then cinch it up. And it really feels just like another part of your body. It's not flopping well, around. I, and I think it must feel like also like the weight is evenly distributed instead of two liters of water on one side of your body and nothing on the other side. Exactly. Exactly. Let's move on and talk about the hiking tights. So you like a brand of tights from Patagonia called Packout Tights. I just kind of tend to hike in whatever I'm wearing, usually like light, loose weight hiking pants. I, I get them from Duluth, just breathable pants. So tell me how the hiking tights are better or different. Well, so I, like you, wore the hiking pants a lot. I liked the Grimichis with big, loose pockets. And they zip um, off at the I, knee. Yeah, they had nice, you know, they, they seemed to be quick dry. They I, I wore them for years. Uh, and then as I was hiking more locally, I would just throw on a pair of jeans. And then, you know, the jeans get hot and they get baggy and they stuff, you know, gets loose and the pockets stretch out. So I started looking for a pair of hiking tights. Um, I saw people in them and I thought, well, that's ridiculous. They're just hiking in their yoga pants. But these are actually somewhat different. And they have um, what, what a lot of yoga pants have figured out is put a, put a pocket on the side of your, on the outside of your thigh that's big enough for keys, phone, money, whatever you need to walk off with. Um, and these have those, but they also have this very soft, stretchy material that, like yoga pants, sort of seems to move with you. But honestly, again, given our ages, they're not super fitted. They don't just cling to me the way yoga pants do. Uh, the other thing that's amazing about them is they um, they do, you know, a lot of fabrics now sort of pull the water away from you. So if I get warm, it wicks the moisture away, and that helps. Um, but they also don't seem to bag. I sit cross-legged, I tuck my legs under me, I, you know, will do yoga and these things, and the knees have not moved one iota, and they just, they seem to stretch out and go right back into shape, and for hiking, I found that they just, I didn't feel like I was baggy and loose and catching on things, it's sort of, I guess between that and the hiking poles, I just feel like I'm more streamlined, I'm moving along more You're aerodynamic, Mary. I am. <laughs> What's, the What's the price point on those? What's the price point on those? These are going to run you about $90, although you can probably find them on sale now because the winter models are going on sale. They also make a, a crop size for the, for the warmer weather. Okay, now you have included some post-hiking gear in your gear guide. What is UFOS? If Am I even <laughs> saying that right? O-O-F-O-S. O-O-F-O-S. Ophos is how I think it's said. Ophos. Um, these are foam. Essentially, a, it's like a memory foam shoe. And it's the lightweight miracle <laughs> post 
hiking shoe. Their tagline is recover faster, feel better, which I thought was just oversold. And then I tried them on and um, they have really very good arch support. So anybody who's wrestling with plantar fasciitis, you know how important that arch support is. And their foam. And so if you're having a flare up, you just don't get that pounding on the bottom of your heels. You have a little bit of cushion, uh, but they still seem to support in amazing ways. And so I picked them up uh, actually at a running store. I picked up the clogs, which are frankly mm, not attractive. <laughs> it looks like an orthopedic shoe sort of. Um, and then I did discovered that they also make sandals, which are much more sort of normal looking uh, sandal with a little, you know, prong between your big toe and the rest of your toes. Still has the same support. And I love them. And you'll see when we put my gear guide up, you'll see that the, the picture of the pair I have is, um, it's something else. It's well loved. I think they only make them in solid colors now, but I have this just neon geometric plaid <laughs> shoe that I love. And I actually think I wore it with you last year at the convention center that, you know, three days on concrete floors, walking six miles a day, and my feet were happy as could be. Those are trace so show lovely shoes. <laughs> yes. They're okay. trace show shoes. They're walking around. Um, and they're about, the claws are about between $50 and $70. Um, the sandals are probably closer to $50. Um, and if you go to the OFO site, you'll see they have a handful of options. But for whatever reason, there's other retailers that, that have lots and lots of options of different colors and styles. And so look around. All right. They're, we'll post a link um, for that. Now, the last thing you have on this list, Mary, I'm not even, like everything on your list has some funny name that's hard to pronounce. So I'm just <laughs> going to talk about the camp-themed thermos. You tell us the name of this thing. <laughs> This is a Zojirushi uh, thermos, and people who are familiar with Zojirushi, it's a Japanese uh, manufacturer, and they make rice cookers and thermoses and sort of kitchen appliances. And my husband actually got just enamored with this thermos because it kept stuff so hot, and I thought he was overselling it. And then I saw this one that has this wonderful pattern. It's red, which you and I love, and it has this wonderful design of vintage and and more current campers. It looks like it was designed for girl campers. It's 35 ounces. And the best thing about it is I'll throw hot water in it at the beginning of the day and make my coffee, do my pour over, throw hot water in the thermos. And it is literally hot the next day. Not just warm, it's hot the next day. So it'll stay warm all day long, and the seals are really, really solid. And so I throw it in my car and sip hot water with lemon as I'm driving down the road, and it stays really, really warm. And then I even found at the end of the day, a thermos put a little bit on our washcloth, and I have a nice hot washcloth to rinse my face at the end of the day. So it's the of the design, which is fabulous um, and functional, and then this outside, which is just girl camper ready. Oh, that sounds wonderful, Mary. Mary, it's a great list. Now now we're going to turn the tables because I'm going to end up spending all kinds of money. No thanks to you. but <laughs> You're just trying to get even to me. Yes, but Mary, we appreciate your expertise because I know you you really are a researcher. You really do a lot of work and you spend money wisely. You'll buy things at a higher price point if you feel they have value and they're going to last a long time. So I really always appreciate your thoughts on these things. 
Well, I'm glad to add to it, and I think one of the things I found is some of the girl campers come in sort of through the RV end, and so they come in as people who are used to bringing a lot of products with them. They don't necessarily come in through the camping end, and for the RV folks, you know, there's a whole world of camping stuff out there that's amazingly functional and useful, same as you've led me to all sorts of things in the RV world that I never would have discovered. So it's a, it's a nice blending of the worlds. We're blending all that stuff now on Girl Camper because there's no wrong way to camp like a girl. And if you're RVing, you're camping. And for those exactly. who have been tent camping all these years who are kind of coming into the RV world to get tired of sleeping on a cot or on the floor, we have lots of stuff to share for them, too. Exactly. Mary, thank you so much. Are you heading out to Napa for a hike today? I'm hoping to get in a little, probably two or three mile hike. The wildflowers are beautiful this time of year and get some pictures of our famous orange California poppy up against the blue lupin. It's sort of quintessential spring in California. Well, if you're out with your camera today and you find that, send it to me and I'll put a picture of it um, in with this podcast and blog post. So, Mary, thank you for coming on the show. Oh, it was my pleasure. It's always great to listen to you and it was wonderful to get to chat some okay and i am going to post all of your links with your gear guide it'll be on girlcamper.com and i want everybody to go on and read mary's gear guides at girlcamper.com and thanks mary for being on board you're welcome happy trails bye-bye Well, that's our show for today. I want to thank my friend Mary for coming on and not only sharing her love of hiking and the outdoors with us, but all of her great research on gear that we all need and love to have. Thank you, Mary. I also want to thank General RV. They are the nation's largest family-owned RV dealership with 12 service locations, a massive inventory of over 5,000 RVs and over 500 fully equipped service bays. It's hard to imagine, but it's true. All this grew from a service station in Detroit back in 1953. General RV's sustained growth has been fueled by a commitment to provide world-class service to their customers. And they've done that by reinvesting in their facilities, employees, and processes. They are always raising the bar on themselves. General RV has 12 superstore locations across the country, including six in Michigan, two in Florida, and one each in Ohio, Utah, Illinois, and Virginia. General RV is the nation's largest family-owned RV dealer, and they want you to join the General RV family. Check them out at GeneralRV.com or just go over to GirlCamper.com and look on the right-hand side. Click on General RV. While you're there, check out our other sponsors, Go RVing, Campco Manufacturing, Setzer's World of Camping in Huntington, West Virginia, and Bankston Motorhomes with six locations in Alabama and Tennessee. That's a wrap, everybody. I hope you have a great week. Happy trails!